0: Welcome back or welcome to the Humans of Triathlon or HOT podcast where we bring you the ordinary but extraordinary world of triathlon one human one story at a time with the aim to inspire and to celebrate this life-changing sport and its humans through real authentic raw and enjoyable conversations with humans of triathlon from around the globe and from all walks of life.
1: Welcome to the Humans of Triathlon podcast. It's so exciting to uh, have everyone back and all our listeners. We actually really appreciate you guys and all the followers we have on Instagram. We have an amazing guest for you today. She's super exciting and very young, uh, well, at least compared to myself. Uh, So uh, I'm going to pass it over to Charles to introduce our guest for today.
2: Alright guys, so for much that we all love the sport of triathlon, there's always a few things that we don't particularly like about it, right? So for some, it is a complicated logistics, you know, what do we do with my bike with the thing, it's just crazy. For some, it's a slightly overcompetitive nature of it, not like these uh, crazy alpha people doing this thing, it's like, oh my God. But for more than just a few, and I am being very conservative here, I think it's a high cost of the sport. No, you have your Glam TT bike, clothing, accessories, nutrition, coaching. You have gym, pool, indoor cycling subscriptions, the almighty watch, the food pot, the race fees, the flights, the hotels, the merchandise that we can escape from. And even the logo tattoo on the calf. No, it can really get out of hands. So today's guest is on a personal quest to start a conversation on this topic. In her own words, triathlon should be for everyone because it is first and foremost a representation of the blood, sweat, and tears of humans. Humans who struggle and fight through challenges so difficult, they will literally knock you on your A asterisk asterisk, (laughs) right? So live from California, the land of the unicorns of Silicon Valley, the glam and glitz of Hollywood, and most importantly, the land of breakfast burrito, please welcome the USA Tea Coach, the managing director of Destination Tri-Life, and the host of one of the coolest set of Instagram accounts you will ever see in your life. They are, I think, as colorful as a BTS music video. So if there's one thing that our guest doesn't know how to do, is to apply a black and white filter to a post. So please welcome the amazing Katie Gotek.
1: Welcome, Katie.
0: (laughs) That was the most amazing introduction I will ever have in my entire life. I'm like cry laughing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Wow. The podcast is over. You said it all.
2: I know. That's it. say goodbye. Good night. Do you have any
1: goodbye. any closing comments that you'd like to make? I, that, that's <laughs> amazing.
0: I sound really cool. I'm probably pretty cool after that.
1: Well, I don't know. You've got uh, what, like, just even just on your your uh, try life at, at thirty thousand feet, you have over forty five thousand followers. So I think you are pretty cool.
0: Well, thank you. That's really nice. Yeah. Um, you know the numbers. I I also work in marketing. And so Mm -hmm. I am really uh, a huge advocate on my Instagram account of informing people that sometimes numbers don't matter. I mean, I think most people know this, but people can buy followers, and they do. Um. So I I have not purchased followers. Um, And yeah, I'm very flattered that that many people choose to follow me for sure.
1: Yeah. Huh. So, well, you do, you, you have some, you have some funny posts, I have to say. <laughs> I was Which like,
0: ones do you like, Did anything stand out? Well, they're,
1: well, they actually, they're all, you got quite a few, um, pretty funny ones. Um, there was one, you had like your bathing cap goggles and like I don't know if it was a bikini or what, and you were in the bathroom and you took like a selfie because someone had said you showed too much of yourself. Or you're too confident mm-hmm. You're like in your abs. And you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought I would like kind of, you know, tone it down. And then I was like, I'm just going to show you a picture of my abs. <laughs>
0: That's
1: great. I was like, oh, okay, we're good. <laughs> <That's pretty funny. laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, anyways, thank you. I really, sorry for, that was like, Actually, so touching the introduction. I wasn't expecting that. Um, and I'm really am very excited to be on this podcast. I have known about you guys for a long time. Um, and I think Swap Neil reached out to me a long time ago. And I was like, well, I don't know, not the first, but I was like one of the the founding photos of the account, I'd like to say. Um, so it's cool to like circle back and get to actually be on the podcast.
2: Nice, nice. And we were really super, super pleased to have you. Um, I remember, yeah, I remember from seeing your post uh, when uh, Swapnil put it on the on the account and say, oh, I, I, we should bring should bring Katie. We should bring Katie. So now Katie finally is here. So we're, we're super humbled and honored to have you here. So thank you for coming.
1: Of course. So usually we start out the, the podcast, um, just with a kind of get to know who Katie is. So like, and start like, how did you, how did you get into triathlon? How did you start out? What was your life like growing up? Just like a, a quick summary of you before you were now.
0: Sure. Um, so growing up, I was not raised in a family that was very fit. Um, I mean, I'm literally trying to think of a family member that did, oh, my dad played football in the fifties, but I, I think that's it. Oh, my sister. Oh, she'll kill me if she hears this. <laughs> she was a rock climber. Uh, who didn't compete to my knowledge in that, but she was very into that. And she's run a few half marathons, but she did that like later in life. Not again, we weren't raised from the age of six to do sports. Um, So I started doing competitive horseback riding of all things when I was 11. Um, And then I kind of took that through till I graduated high school. And then it wasn't until college that I got into triathlon. And I can kind of give all that credit to living in Los Angeles. It's an incredibly active city, both mm-hmm. um, to anything and everything. Um, and I kind of found out about what it meant to do triathlon. I live near the ocean. And there's lots of tri clubs down here, lots of people out running and biking for sure, and doing open water swimming. Uh, so that's kind of how I got into it. It's also a long story that involves a boy, but let's leave that out. Um, oh, well, girls rule, boys rule. So,
1: I'll I'll go with you on that one right now. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Charles. <laughs> Not you. You're awesome. Uh, yeah. Yes.
2: Thank, thank you very much.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, that's interesting that that you guys that that you you know got into this sport with a family that you said like wasn't as active. I mean, obviously there was some sports. I mean, in the fifties. Okay. I'm going to ask, how old is your dad?
0: He's okay. I'm really sorry to anyone that's listening. That's over 70, but my dad is like father time. I think he's 73. Okay. Uh, So he's an an older, he had me when he was older, if you will. Um, I think he was 45. 45. I'm not doing math correctly, uh, but yeah, around there, 45. Um, and and all honestly, my parents would listen to this and they'd be fine with me saying this, but they were chain smokers okay. from almost my birth until I was probably like 18 or 19 years old, and then they quit. Mm-hmm. So I really was not raised in a very health forward household. Um, it's... I think it's a personality thing, honestly, for people that get into endurance sports and really, really invest themselves. It's maybe a product of they had something happen in their life. They lost a loved one. And they want to lose weight. Something kind of big. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I think it is a personality type that keeps people doing it. they They're perfectionists. They're go-getters. They want to prove something to other people or themselves. I tend to meet mostly people like that in this sport
1: i i would agree with you there's they, we've we've actually talked to quite a few people that have have come in um, the sport has helped them overcome drug addiction uh you know help with with weight loss um, help with mental health issues i mean i'm in it it, it keeps me sane uh, that's why i keep keep mm-hmm. doing it um, and i can see you have a very strong uh, ambitious personality as well just because of your entrepreneurial, um, what you've done so far with your own business, things like that, and and you are only twenty seven, which which coming from a forty five year old, you're very young. So I, I commend you on on that. So and and you have this drive because I'm going to ask you about your cycling accident that you had back in March because um, you had an accident and then you went and did. A full Ironman, not long after that. So, can you can you tell us a little bit about what happened there in your journey to Santa Rosa?
0: Yeah, um, I decided. I think it was around the winter time of so December two thousand eighteen uh, that I was going to train for Ironman Santa Rosa two thousand nineteen, which was May this past May happened. Um, It was really important to me that I did it there because Santa Rosa is my hometown. Um, So it was going to be really cool to have my family there, get to bike down roads that I drove down as a kid, um, get to swim in Lake Sonoma. And on top of that, I was working with the city of Santa Rosa, visit Santa Rosa to kind of bring awareness about the race being there um, it's been there a long time. It used to be called Vine Man, but I think it's only in its third year of being an Iron Man branded race. So anyways, I was really excited for it. Um, and it was my first full distance triathlon. So I'm kind of chugging along with training. And then in March, uh, I was finishing a long ride with some friends um, in Los Angeles. We were biking down PCH. It actually had been a relatively flat long ride. Um, I think we were at mile 70. And my friends had to go do something. And I said, okay, bye. I lived really close to where I parted from them. And I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna go up this one hill to get a little extra climbing in. um, Which I just laugh at, like if I had just not gone up the hill, this wouldn't have happened. But anyways, I went up the hill, a hill I had ridden up 1000 times, that's an exact number, and descended 1000 times. But I had never descended this hill when I had a green light at the bottom, ooh. Um, which was exciting, actually. I yeah. thought, this is great. I don't Finally. have a <laughs> um, So I was going down the hill pretty fast, um, but in control, and just didn't realize that when you actually enter the intersection where I was, there was gravel.
1: Oh. Um,
0: ooh, yeah, And then I just tapped my brake. <laughs> But that was enough. It, my wheel locked up. I flew over the handlebars and I landed. Oh yeah, I landed in a massive intersection on PCH while all the lights were stopped. So the cars were just staring at me like in shock as this this very tall person like flew over their bike. <laughs> um, and I got up. I got up right away and I thought, okay, that sucked. And then I kind of touched my mouth um, and I knew. And I went, uh oh. And I was parts of my teeth were missing oh no yeah
1: um
0: <laughs> and I was also fortunate that apparently in the intersection there was not only a fire truck there was a paramedic so they just boo boo and came over to me um and scooped me right up and and said wow you look like shit <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you for the honesty yeah
0: thank you yeah. yes <laughs> And I said, I don't have any teeth left, do I? And they said, well, you've got some. <laughs> uh, so that was cool. Yeah. And uh, long story short, I broke three of my teeth in the front on the top. Um, uh... Yeah, it was a huge bummer. I just wasn't expecting that. It was kind of such an easy, smooth day at that up till that point. So... I went, you know, straight to the emergency room, got my road rash cleaned up, and then I went straight to the dentist. And I basically lived at the dentist for like two days, um, having emergency root canals and oh, having my wow. teeth shaved down for my new teeth. Um, and then I learned that when you break teeth and you get new what what I call new movie star teeth, <laughs> you get the movie star teeth for two weeks. So I had to wear Father Times brown old gross teeth like these temporary cap things for two weeks before I got the new teeth and all of my friends and family and people I knew heard about the accident so of course they wanted to look in my mouth and it was really embarrassing because I didn't have the new teeth yet um yeah you live and you learn but then i got the movie star teeth and i love them and my sister's super jealous she said why do you get the good teeth Uh, (laughs) why don't you pick up triathlon uh, and fly over your handlebars
1: why don't you just take her down that hill
0: yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) you want new teeth right i can recommend you this this way yeah (laughs) Well, I guess that's the, the um, advantage of living in LA, no? You get the Hollywood teeth.
0: Yeah, yeah that's no, right. That's right. There's no, no other choice um,
1: living in LA. You have to have the nice teeth. Obviously.
0: <laughs> obviously. there are no expense with our bikes and our kits and our teeth. Yeah. So, everything has to match.
2: Yeah. I'm sorry that obviously it was an accident and uh, I don't know, I don't want to wish this to anything, but I was just when you were just telling the story, you know, I was just imagining myself being some sort of uh, trucker who was uh, on one of the intersections, just right in front of the traffic light, you know, like looking into the horizon, listening to the radio, a bit bored. Like, Can you please turn into green, please? And suddenly just uh, see something in the horizon, flying a lady with a, with a helmet in the air, doing some backflip three. And I don't know, it was a very hilarious uh, situation. Uh, but, but, yeah. yeah, but yeah.
1: Nobody caught that on YouTube for you from the, from the stoplights? No,
0: which I'm pretty sad about. And I, I have thought on several occasions if there was a way to access maybe some sort of like a red light cameras. Camera. Yeah. Yeah. Because I want that footage for sure. Yeah. Uh, but maybe later. Maybe, I'll, maybe one day I'll stumble upon it.
1: Well, I'm very impressed that you posted a picture of your um, missing teeth smile on your Instagram. Yeah. yeah.
0: I called it my pirate look. <laughs> yeah. Pirate teeth. Uh,
1: well, yeah. well, good thing it was your teeth. Were there any other body parts that like you, you had that, you know, suffered from that head over heels, like kind of fall? Uh,
0: yeah. I thank goodness it wasn't my head. Yeah. Um, I actually was really paranoid about that, um, that, Oh no, like what if I got a concussion or even worse? Uh, but there was not even a scratch on my helmet. Um, I took the full blow of this fall on my mouth. Uh, and I actually fractured my jaw, which I learned. Um, yeah, because it was such a high impact on my mouth. Uh, and I got, you know, I actually did sprain my right wrist, um, mildly Uh, I was still, I think I took a week off of swimming, but then I was back at it and I got some pretty bad road rash on my face and my legs. Um, but again, it's, that was kind of basic stuff. Just kept it clean. It eventually healed and went away. So I am pretty lucky a lot more than pretty lucky that i didn't have long-lasting injuries and i got movie star teeth so i think i'd do it again
2: you do, do it again down again
1: or you would break your face again
0: <laughs> uh, i don't think i'd like to break my face twice mm-hmm. but if someone said <laughs> that they could give me an opportunity to not have gone through that experience i don't think i would have changed that. okay yeah
2: right well so you listeners out there who have just listened to what i've just listened i mean if you're complaining because you have a little pain on your little pinky on yeah. I don't want to go running. I mean, this lady here, she just broke her jaw like crack, right? And one week later, she was already swimming. So please stop whining and, uh, I don't know, live your life.
0: Yeah. Um, right? Well, funny, funny enough, uh, I think the question was, you know, leading up to Santa Rosa, Yeah. Um, something else happened. Would I didn't I didn't know at the time that this is what was happening to me. Uh, but so I I got the new teeth. Um, again, this is in March, and my race is in May. Um, and I was all I could think about was I have to get these long rides in and these yeah. long runs. So I was just back to training as soon as possible. And then, about four weeks after my accident, I got really sick. Uh, and I thought, Oh, it must just be a flu or something that's going around. Um, so I, I took it really seriously. I stayed in bed for like three days. I just didn't do any training. I rested. I drank a lot of fluids and it wasn't getting better. Uh, and I thought, screw this. I have to get on my bike. So I kept training. Um, it did get a little bit better. Uh, but I at some point, I couldn't actually swallow, mm-hmm. uh, which is very alarming. Uh, I've never had that happen to me before. So I went to the doctor uh, quite a few times and tried to get tested for like strep throat, uh, maybe it was a, a flu or something going around, and they didn't find anything wrong with me. Um, the doctor said, he assumed it was strep throat, even though I wasn't coming up positive for it. So he gave me antibiotics, um, which I took and they did nothing. And again, now we're like three, four weeks into this, whatever I have, um, it's not getting better. I'm really exhausted, but, and I'm also putting in 80 to hundred mile bike rides on the weekends training for my race. Um, it was, I was very tired. Uh Well, I learned after going to the doctor for like the fourth time that I had mono. Oh. Yeah. And that just so many questions came to my mind. Firstly, which is, how did I get this? Because apparently mono is the kissing disease.
1: I was going to ask you if yeah. you're kissing some bad boys.
0: Yeah. So uh, at that time, I had a boyfriend. And he didn't have mono. And I proved to him that I wasn't kissing other boys because I learned that before symptoms show, it takes four weeks, I think, for symptoms to show. And four weeks before my symptoms happened, I uh, broke all my teeth.
2: So so you you taste the pavement.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I probably turned quite a few guys off with all the broken teeth, right? Unless
0: they were any pirates, you know. Exactly.
1: Well, there's are there are a few. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I had been training with mono. Uh my doctor was really mad at me and I was really mad at her because I said you didn't tell me that I had mono, so I just kept training. Mm -hmm. Uh and then I did the race with mono (laughs) and it worked
1: out. All Um, right, that's good. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, guys, guys again no she had an accident broke her jaw after a week she was uh swimming and then she had mono and she raced and she was fine so guys please
1: so how was the race so how did you how how did it turn out for you like did it did you have a goal time before all this happened that you wanted to reach did you were you able to get that time how did that uh turn out
0: uh my goal time was substantially faster than I completed it. Um, but I had set that time like six months to a year prior to actually training for it. And when these things started happening, like checking off the list of the accident and then getting really sick, um, and then not to get into the gory details, but I wasn't having um much luck with my personal life at that time. Um, so it just seemed like it was kind of blow after blow, and I kept just eventually it got to the point where I said, I just want to go to the race. Mm-hmm. I just want to literally show up. And then once I was there, I said, I'm just going to get in the lake. And then when I go- was in the lake, it just, I kept t- trying to like take pieces of it because I had just really not trained for it the way that you should. Um, I didn't have enough volume. I did- wasn't doing things at the intensity that I wanted to do or was capable of. And so for me at that point, I just wanted to finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, and try and have a good time. And I think that I, I for sure finished it and I mostly yeah. had a good time. There's some spots on that marathon where I went to a dark place, but I came back.
1: And, and that is what makes you a champion, right? It's, it's not that you necessarily cross the line first or it's, it's, in an Ironman, can you bring yourself back from that terrible place? Because I think everyone gets there, but not everyone has the ability that you had to bring yourself back out.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought I got to I got to pay for these teeth. (laughs) 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 I, I, I literally had mono. I just was like, I'm going to let myself down so much if I don't go to this race and finish it. Um, Mm -hmm. That was that was plenty of motivation, and then on top of that, the support from the people that uh, are in my immediate life, training friends, and those forty-five thousand people that had just been following that teeth saga online teeth not saga. people <laughs> yeah, that saga.
1: That's uh, yeah, awesome! Well, congratulations! Now, are you planning on another one soon? Or I saw that you are um, now you're focusing on doing some ultra marathon running.
0: Yeah. Um, so I for sure have not laid down my, my carbon fiber, um, just yet. I am going to for sure do another full distance one, like mid 2020. I haven't picked the race yet. Um, and in the meantime, I have a pretty well established calendar for my trail races that I do. Um, I've been, I'm a new Ultra Marathon Runner. I've only done a couple ultras and I've done a significant amount of trail races at this point now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was inspired by some of my friends that live down here in Southern California. They've been doing long distance trail running for many, many years, and they encouraged me to do it, and I love it. So that's for sure part of my training calendar. Um, I do a lot of open water swimming. I coach open water swimming uh specifically for kind of skills and drills uh getting in and out of the surf um we've got a couple beaches down here that are just like not forgiving uh mm-hmm. on on certain days um and if your race happens to be on one of those days I'm uh the go-to person to teach you how to deal with it nice so that's really cool I, I love doing that we just had um the Malibu Nautica Triathlon happens every year in September. And I work with the race and a couple other coaches um, doing swim clinics every Saturday, uh, about six weeks leading up to the race. And that's really fun to see <clears throat> mostly new swimmers coming out and experiencing Zuma Beach, uh, which they um, quite affectionately call the neck break. Uh, on big days, it closes out really hard um and it can be a little scary and it was really scary last year there's i don't know if you guys heard about the race last year but it was like the biggest surf they'd ever had it's like eight foot waves <laughs> lifeguard rescuing people eight like waves. I, I know some of the lifeguards and they were telling me that they at, at any given time had at least two people in their hands um pulling them out of the surf i mean it was a massacre That was last
1: year. Yeah. I think I might've just hung out on the beach with a margarita and watched the (laughs) race.
0: But this year, this year it was really nice. Really nice. I was so glad that those people that came to the clinics got to have such a nice race day conditions like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then um, to go back to what we were talking about uh, outside of the open water swimming and the trail running, if you put this together, uh, I am now a swim runner, yes. which is kind of a blossoming sport mm-hmm. in the United States and Canada uh, area, but has been, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong on this, people that are listening. It's been around for about 10 years or so competitively in Scandinavia. It's from mm-hmm. Sweden. Yeah. Uh, so that's been so fun. I did my first timed swim run last weekend uh, in Orcas Island, Washington it was the, I had the best time. I'm still riding that high. I don't know if I'll ever get off of that race high. It was a gorgeous course. Um, I had an amazing partner, Kayla Koblen. She's a pro triathlete. Um, and we did it together and I just had a blast. And so we've got a calendar lined up for our races for 2020 for our swim run races. And we're, our goal is that we're going to qualify for the World Championships of Swim Run, Otillo, which is in Sweden.
1: That'll be awesome. Wow. Yeah.
2: That's the Kona of swim run. That's right.
0: It's the Kona of swim run. Yeah. That's
1: right.
2: Nice. Yeah. Nice. Sounds exciting. Yeah, that
1: that's that it does look I that's something I would like to try next year as well. Just to just to do it and then see how good you can get at it while you swim with your running shoes on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, my advice is get yourself a a partner that they don't have to be better than you. They don't have to be very good at all. I mean, it depends on your expectations, but someone that's just really fun to hang out with. Mm -hmm. Um, And also you can do the sport without a partner, but usually you're not eligible to do the longer distances without a partner. Okay. So yeah, I mean, for people interested in swim run, do it. Sign up just because you don't have a partner doesn't mean you can't have this amazing experience. Um, but I do recommend trying to trick someone into doing it with you. If you're having trouble, just tell them, <laughs> tell them, don't tell them about the shoe thing. Don't tell them that you run in a wetsuit. Just say, Hey, swim, run. Do you like to swim? Do you like to run? Cool. Come with me. Sign up here credit card number
2: well when you say partner do you mean uh, is it like a relay that you share the thing or is it more like a norseman where you need to have a crew of people who help you finish the race
0: Ooh, um it's neither it is oh the person the person completes the race at the same time with you and you're actually if you do it correctly you are tethered to them yeah so Tethered,
2: as in uh, you have uh, like some cuffs. Uh
0: n- no, you wear um <laughs> you wear like a band around your waist, um and then you have a little carabiner and it clips on, and then the tie, the tether, uh I think it's like ten feet or so, clips onto your partner's belt that they're wearing, and you run and swim with it clipped.
2: Oh wow, yeah. that sounds extremely well. I would say exciting, but That's also cool. like challenging. Yeah.
0: Uh, I I am the Tether's number one fan after doing this race. I went oh. to that race thinking, I said to Kayla, I was like, we're not going to use this thing. I mean, you know, it's it's going to be dangerous on the trail runs. What if it gets snagged on a tree? Or what if you trip and fall and then drag me down the hill? Um, so we didn't use it. We brought it with. We didn't use it the first swim of the race. And realized very quickly that the teams that were passing us were using it. And so we ended up clipping it for the next swim and it made the, a huge difference because the faster swimmer of the group can kind of oh, lead yeah. and person can draft off of them. Um, it keeps you together. It makes transitions really smooth. Uh, we had this wild finish to our race where we thought we were in A solid third place standing and so we only had two miles left to go and then we see the women the women's team that was behind us coming up through the trail and they go like this hi ladies and Kayla and I looked at each other and we didn't even have to say anything we just went let's go that was the (laughs) look we gave each other it's (laughs) on and we sprinted the last two miles of that trail, and we got the top female swim time, fastest swim time for the last lake swim. Um, and Kayla basically dragged me down the mountain with that tether uh, because we were going so fast. And I was like, "Kayla, my knee, my knee hurts." And she said, "I can't hear you." And <laughs> tether. Um, and so, yes, for sure, do it with a tether. It's worth okay. it. Sounds good.
1: Very interesting. I will yeah, yeah. find Wonder, a partner Wonder. for next year.
0: And to do a partner, yeah. Yes.
1: Mm. Cool. So, you know, I, I'm. You were just recently featured in Triathlon Magazine. Was it September 18th that it? Uh, I saw it online. It was out somewhere around there.
0: I don't have the. I don't have the date burned in my in my memory. Yeah. It was, it was recently.
1: Yeah, super, super recently, um, which is really awesome. I how, how did you how did you get approached to be featured in, in triathlon magazine?
0: Um, that's a great question. I through my social media and Los Angeles. I just I cannot rave enough about this city. Just um, example <laughs> opportunity. Uh, I am fairly well connected to people, coaches, athletes, and brands in the triathlon endurance world. And I happened to meet someone who works for Triathlon Magazine. And long story short, they had a person that was going to be writing this piece. And I'm pretty sure that person got attacked by a dog. Oh. Which is really sad. And she's totally alive and I'm sure she's fine. But she was not physically able to do the training that we needed to do uh, to write the piece. Uh, And what I mean by that is, the piece I wrote was based off of a two week training schedule that compared using the company's product, you can using their fueling system and not using it. So this woman couldn't run. Uh, she was recovering from the accident. The person I knew reached out to me and said, hey, we love your writing that you do uh, for your company, Destination Tri-Life. Um, and you are obviously an athlete that can run, Hmm. Uh, would you like to do this? And I said, yeah. Uh, So that was really cool. I got to design my own training plan um, that I thought was representative of my skill set and what I was training for at the time. Um, And I was genuinely interested, will this product make me feel better worse refreshed uh no no difference you know during my training because i think most triathletes like the golden ticket is to not bonk um and everyone's doing a weird concoction of salts and gels and or maybe you do tailwind and it's all different so i was like yeah sign me up because i want to see if this actually works
1: yeah so we i checked out your article earlier today it was really cool um so did you want to like, I'm going to ask you, cause not everyone's read it, but what was your thoughts was, did you like the new product or how it was tailored to you versus the previous week training and what you normally take or how did that go?
0: Yeah. Um, I am probably at this point, slightly embarrassed to say that my that I do for races leading up to this point in my training career, it was not pro at all. It was random. It was a product of, I have a really sensitive system to, for lack of a better word. So maybe some things that I could have been doing, I was shying away from, cause I was just nervous. It was going to cause me discomfort while I was working out. Uh, and then on top of that, in the ultra running world, uh, we love eating solid foods for training and like foods that are awful for you. There's a joke that they serve at every aid station, pizza rolls, uh, Ooh. at trail um, and honestly, sometimes they do, uh, it depends on the race, but you'll, you'll just see people like eating stuff like that and PB and J sandwiches and, not that it's bad for you, but it's maybe not something that you would be putting in your cycling pocket on the bike course at an Ironman. It's for sure not what Lucy Charles is fueling with, if you catch my drift. So Yeah, I
2: got, I got the hint. Yeah. Although I, yeah, was yeah. Off, I was offered pizza once on T2, and I loved every second of it.
1: Oh, oh I couldn't yeah, run with that in my belly. I think it would be the end of my life right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, so my thoughts on, on this product, um, you, the brand is you can, and it was founded. The company was, or I should say the product was invented, uh, because there was a young child that had some sort of, um, rare disease and they were having trouble keeping food down calories in, um, I'm not saying this exactly correctly, but, but basically the, the calories they were ingesting, it wasn't doing what it needs to do. And so that was very dangerous for that child, that sick child. And they needed a way to eat um, where it would stay in their system and actually fuel them. So the family worked uh, with scientists and invented this product. And then, you know, fast forward to today, now it's being sold to people and especially athletes. So the idea is that you eat less you would take in less calories and it lasts you just as long. So that was really uh, exciting for me. As I said, someone with a sensitive stomach and like a touchy stomach, the more I put in, the greater the risk of me having to stop or go to the restroom or whatever. And I liked it. I guess that was a really long lead up to, I like <laughs>
1: good. <it>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh,
0: I didn't have, yeah, I didn't have uh GI problems. Um, I did feel f- for sure fueled the entire time. Um, and like, whereas I was taking in about 200 calories or so per hour when I was doing the Ironman and Ironman Santa Rosa, um, I didn't need to take in that much, like a hundred to 150 calories, maybe per hour, um, doing this like test run training, which, uh, I don't, I don't, can't say that that's going to be the same for everybody else, but for me, that was awesome.
1: That's great. Yeah. No, because I think, you know, and just to put it out there, I don't think you should be embarrassed about not having your fueling plan quite right. Um, at this point, because there are, I think it really depends on the day, right? You do your best, but then you have your fueling plan down, and you have to make adjustments because oh now it's too hot or now it's cold and I don't need as many or you know what, I think everyone's always kind of adjusting all the time and even like with many of the pros and things like that there's there's some good days where or bad days I guess where you bonk pretty hard. So um yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's normal and it, it's good that I don't know, I think it's good that our listeners and your followers know that we're not we're not perfect and we we still make those, you know, errors and that's how we learn. We're humans. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Exactly.
1: we're humans yeah. of triathlon.
2: Exactly. <laughs> we are. We are Right, it. Katie. So, uh we have you have told us a lot of things, no you, know, you you fell off your bike, you have your nice new Hollywood teeth, you do ultra runs, you do now swim runs, you did the Ironman Santa Rosa, which is one of my super bucket list races, and uh, I don't know, and you were like featured on Triathlete Magazine, no? it's like I really want to need to move to LA, honestly, um, <laughs> but not no, but seriously, and, and also, this is very important, and I want to talk to you about this, you are an entrepreneur. You are the managing director, which I love to have a title, honestly. And uh, and I love whenever I hear one of our guests who has a passion. How you know how do you call it? A proper business which is directly related to triathlon. It is amazing. Uh, so I don't know. What can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, uh, how did that come to be? What is it? What are your plans are? I don't know. Anything that pops your mind?
0: Sure. Um, so my my business uh, is called Destination Tri Life. Um, Tri Life has been in the name of what I have done for the last six years. Starting at the bare minimum of it's like one of the original hashtags I think that people used on Instagram are for triathlon, um, and it's the in part of my handle for my social media account um so that was really important to me to have that in my business name even if for whatever reason I don't do triathlon in the future I'm really proud to have that as part of the business name because I think it's a lifestyle and I don't think it's a lifestyle that means you have to do triathlon it's a lifestyle of like what I described earlier the go-getter someone that wants to have adventure and excitement and just try get it try life um so that's yeah that was an inspiration for the name and the destination part is because over the last couple years I've been really lucky to get to travel a lot for races I'm able to do that because I work with either the race itself um the city that I'm going to their tourism department um hotels restaurants it you know it's a mix of all of the above or some um depending on the race and where I go and we create at the end of it when I return from the travel a custom travel guide for athletes or people that are just interested in active uh fitness fun vacationing so to speak so it's kind of like a little bit of everything you definitely get that race review or the tips and tricks for going if you want to go for that race or people could actually look at the guides um, as standalone travel tips if they didn't want to do the race. And it's usually food, hotels, and activities that are, again, for people that are more inclined to be doing outdoors things, hiking, cycling, um, fun excursions, that type of stuff.
1: Hmm. That's awesome. Because like, I always, I'm always looking for, like, I'm always asking around, like, my friends and stuff, okay, where, where should I stay? What's good to do out there when I go on the trip to triathlon, you know, like, so to have that as a resource is, is phenomenal, or as someone to already have that information for me. <laughs> it's perfect.
0: Yeah, I mean, the idea is if you're spending all that money on the race, on the transporting your bike, um, maybe you took work off, you're bringing your family you're probably not going to just stay at the location for the night before and the day no. of usually people try and stretch it out. Um, so yeah, it's giving you support, so to speak, and ideas what to do with your time. That's probably more what you'd rather do, um, for the extra days that you're there.
2: Right. I to. is that like an app or a website or how does it work?
0: Um, Oh, I would love to have an app. I'm just a little bit too much of a small fish right now. Uh, But I do have a website. Uh, The website is trylifefitness.com slash destination try life. Um, You can also go to my social media and it's linked in the bio. Um, You could Google destination try life. Uh, And yeah, I would love if you're listening to this and you're curious to go check out uh, some of the guides, um, you could use the search feature or just click on whatever is recent. Um, and I love getting feedback on it cause it is a relatively new business just being a couple of years old. So I get a lot of direct messages on social media and I try to read as many of them as possible. And I really care about, like I said, that feedback and people's opinions.
1: Awesome. Well, I think it's fantastic that you've, you've put this together and your your uh, building a business like this. It's a great page. I'm actually looking at your Instagram right now too. So for, for, for your, uh, destination trial life. So I'm going to come back to the intro part of the intro that, that Charles had, um, given for you today. And he talked about your, you wanting to bring up the conversation around the affordability of the sport of triathlon. Um, because, It, you know, it is more of a luxury sport as, as many people would, would call it just as maybe you talked about horseback riding as a kid too. That's also one of those luxury sports. So, um, what are, what are you doing, uh, right now to bring awareness to, uh, or, I'm not even awareness. I think we're all aware that it's expensive sport, yeah, but really um, you know, like uh, we had a guest on Lynn Maddox. She's got uh, women for try, and so they're raising money to um, help women get into their first triathlon or things um, in in that direction. Do, are are you working on anything like that, or is it more you're looking for people to help? help you work on something like that so we can um, make travellon more affordable for more people
0: yeah um I do in two ways I do this um one I sat down with myself uh, about a year ago and I just thought wow it is so expensive I just I looked at the numbers on paper and I thought there was a time in my life when I couldn't even afford one. Full distance triathlon. There is no way.
1: No.
0: So I put myself in that person's shoes that couldn't afford a full distance triathlon, but had a dream of doing an Ironman, and thought how horrible that feeling must be to be dedicated and and train and try to accomplish something that most people can't, but be turned down from that opportunity because of this price tag. Um, I also thought to myself, you know why is it so expensive? And I I get a lot of flack for this. I post about it a fair amount on social media. Just the question, like, why is triathlon so expensive? And I for sure get people on there that are commenting, well, you know, anything from the spectrum of, well, if you can't afford it, then don't do it. Or it's a luxury export. What do you expect? Uh, You know, we can't, we can't alter triathlon just because every single person needs to have access to it. And you know, those people and I are not going to be best friends ever. So I appreciate their feedback, but that is not what I think. I think that there's enough people with money doing triathlon that could put their heads together and come up with some solutions here. So I myself have been trying to work on building a scholarship mm-hmm. for people um, to do triathlon. That's still in the works. Um, I also have—I'll uh, plug David. David Wild is a triathlete that lives in Hawaii, and he has a scholarship called the Wild Scholarship. You should okay. look him up. Um, he is a math teacher, and he—he he had designs made for his his branding and his t-shirts and he supports like youth and sports i think he coaches track i mean that's the that's one person doing what most people should be doing which is participating in fundraising for this and you know if you're going to spread the word about triathlon like i feel like we have to actively be helping people get into the sport because it's alarming at how many people I talk to that say, oh, yeah, I did a triathlon, but I don't do it anymore because it's so expensive. And by do a triathlon, they mean they signed up for like an Olympic and then they were not able to do a half or a full because maybe they needed a little bit better bike um, or just literally saw the price tag for a half versus an Olympic and went, I can't afford that or I can't take work off to travel to this race. Um, and then they quit. And there you go, triathlon shrinking triathlon numbers. That's
1: why, mm. yeah. So I, I I see your side. I I also am a little bit on the other side as well. I kind of a combination. It would be really great to bring people in, and I and I do like some of those programs. I do like Women for Try and things like that. I think it would be awesome, even if we had a I don't know a charity or some sort set up where. People could donate their, you know, old equipment. So maybe I don't want. I'm getting a new tri bike or something like that. Maybe I can donate my older one to someone else who, to them, it's a it's still an awesome bike, um, or my old race helmet or something like that. And we can to help that. But I I still see some of these sports as, you know, what it's a great activity. Um, it's awesome to be involved in it. But maybe I don't have that sort of money or maybe I do need to save up for that specific thing or maybe triathlon's not my sport. Maybe I should run instead because I love running, but it's more affordable for me and that's what I'd like to do. I kind of see like a a combination of both. Yeah,
0: I I respect your... Opinion. And I again, like I said, I talk to lots of people who have even a more extreme view Mm -hmm. than what you just expressed. Um, but there's just something about it where I feel like the gap can be closed a little bit more. I mean, a $700 dollars US dollar price tag for a full distance triathlon to save up for that, if I'm just I'm thinking of someone that really is not making a lot of money, that's a a huge accomplishment. Okay, so let's say they save up for it and then they, you know, they get loaner gear from friends or whatever. They get they get it all together. They get the plane ticket. They go, they do it. They love it like most people do. And guess what? Sucks for them because they took a year and a half to save up for that. So when they want to do the next one, they have to wait a year and a half to save up for it again. And I just don't think that's fair. So maybe there's some sort of like a a program or something where Ironman can do—you know—you sign up for one, you get a discount on another one, or you—you you did this many Ironman races in a row. Here's a free one. I come on, clothing companies do this, like major brands do this. I, I'm pretty sure the margins Ironman makes on these races are like astronomical. Why can't they
1: do it? And maybe they could. And and if I think of from an Ironman perspective, and I'm not trying to be, um, well, a little bit, but I uh, just my perspective is that all the majority of these races are selling out. So they have lots of people that are doing this. So at the moment, they don't need to offer that offering as a business if that that, you know, makes sense. Like some of the clothing companies offer those things because they're trying to get rid of stock or they're trying to get space to put in their new line that's coming out. Um, but I know there's lots and lots of of local races. and um, We have one here. It's a half-distance Ironman distance event. They call it – they can't call it Ironman because it's local, but it's the Barrelman Triathlon, and it's much more affordable, and it's a fantastic race, and it, and it offers um, money prize whether you're pro or not. So if you finish top five, whether you're an age grouper or you're a pro – you win money. So there's lots of other options while those people are working on, on building into triathlon um, and, and, and starting in that way and figuring out how to put the time in to, to train for those events. And I think, you know, having a charity together where you help those people get race, uh, pay for race entry fees, or maybe like, I'd be, I'd be happy to, to help in some way to, work towards setting something up where, yeah, we get those people's equipment, those bikes, those things like that, so we can help people in that term of affordability. Like, So they have a bike to train on. Maybe it's not 2018 uh, specialized bike or Garneau, but maybe it's um, like one of my girlfriends, she's doing her first pro race tomorrow, and she rides a 2012 Cervelo P3. And she's doing a pro race, but she's saved up her money and taken a while. And she's, she's going to race as a, a pro for that event, even on her old 2012 P3 bike. So I think if we could get people to donate or do something, new, we could set that up.
0: I think the, the gear is, not to interrupt you, no, I no, think please the gear do. Is yeah. the issue. I think because yeah you the bike the cost up front is like alarming but then you have it and right you can ride a 2012 Cervelo p3 and it's the body that wins not the bike so for sure I'm sure you mm-hmm. I hope your friend does well I'm sure she will um and it's you know the bike's just the vessel but it's like the the constant upkeep of these race fees essentially and you made the comment that well local races are a little bit more affordable mm-hmm. they're getting squeezed out I'm actually shocked that you're saying you have a half distance that's really popular and it offers prize money. That's a unicorn race, and I'm so glad that they exist. And I, if they're listening, like, they are the leaders. <laughs> um, but, like, local local races cannot keep up with the the hype and the branding of Iron Man's brand. Um, I'm really sad that uh, in California we have – actually, they're probably – a united states race i'm not educated enough about it but hits um got a race that was really popular at one point in palm springs and it now has had to move to a different month because iron man la quinta is so popular and everyone's signing up for that race and not the hits one and people make the argument well You get cooler stuff at the Ironman one. There's more people at the Ironman one. It's more fun and exciting to cross the finish line. There's more support, whatever. Um, And then they might make the comment, well, maybe that other company's just not doing a good job. So their race isn't prioritized, but their race is like half the cost. So it's basically that choice is being made for someone who maybe could only afford the local race. But now the local race is shutting down or moving to a different month, you know? Mm. It's just, again, I, I just like talking about it. There's yeah. more conversation to be had, you know? No, exactly.
1: I think it's great. And that's why we brought it up today too, right? I think it is a great conversation to have. Um, and and there are lots of people that, that can't do it that want to. And that's unfortunate. I think there should be a way that we can help people have that opportunity. Um, but I think that's going to have to come from us as as other athletes, probably not so much from the business um, perspective right now. But I think yeah,
0: let's get the Ironman people on the phone. Let's get them on this podcast. I know you guys have them on the other line.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would.
0: <laughs> Where's Scott, He knows them. Hell, just kidding. Yeah, just kidding.
1: No, no, but I think you know. I I think there's a lot of power just from ourselves and who we are and what we can do as human beings to help um, and and I think we could do a lot to bring a lot of people to to the sport and I we've, we we see it happening already so I think you have a great platform um that you'll be able to 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 do something like that to provide that kind of opportunity for um, many other people that that want to go in but maybe can't whether it's finding the race entries for people to go um like women for try does uh, or whether it's equipment or something like that i think it's a great conversation and a, a great opportunity for you know you or other athletes or me or any of us to come together and and uh and help those people out
0: yeah yeah i agree I agree. Yeah, it comes from the people, the humans of triathlon. Exactly. Pretty much.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do. No, I think it's a very, it's a very good point, and thank you for bringing that up. Uh, I do believe that there's, uh, there's room for, for us, and I think also for, for companies. I think that everyone has a, uh, uh, some, a uh, way to play in this. You no, know? if, if there's uh, any desire to grow the popularity of the sport, and you give people. The chance, just like you have scholarships in universities, right? It uh, mm-hmm. doesn't everything has to be about business. This always can be the doing good and doing well part of the business as well, no? And I think um, so. So yeah, I think uh, if uh, if I get the contact of uh, my friend uh, Andrew Messick from Ironman, uh, we haven't we haven't talked in a while, but uh, but yeah bring it up I'll, I'll, to, I'll bring it up yeah, in, in our yeah. next uh, golf match yeah for sure yes so, we will, I somehow. know
1: you, yeah and I know you have a race tomorrow and you need to get moving to the hotel <laughs> so that you can rest um, so we do have just a few questions that we'd like to close out with um, that we ask everybody on every show and uh, the first one is what message do you want People listening today to take away from your story?
0: Oh, that's a good question. What message? Um, I think uh, comedy aside, with the movie star teeth and the mono and all of that, <laughs> um, can you imagine if my message was everyone get new teeth? Um,
1: <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Uh, from Venice Beach, I'm, California. You. Yeah,
0: from oh my gosh, the most LA thing I could say. Uh, um, no, I think the message is um, I didn't realize while I was going through that stuff that I was inspiring people. I was just trying to get through it. Um, and every day sucked while I was going through it uh, and coming out the other end. I can look back and reflect on, oh, you could call what I was doing strength or courage and that was inspiring. So I think my message is if you're experiencing hardship with training or maybe just in everyday life, um, try and have some, some presence and some in the moment reflection if you can um, and realize that like, Just taking it one day at a time or taking it one step at a time is inspiring, is courageous, uh, does count for something. Um, Because I certainly didn't think that for myself while I was going through it. And I had to have other people tell me that they saw that in me. And then I realized it. So if you can realize it yourself, I think that that means you're doing pretty well.
1: Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good takeaway.
2: All right. So question number two, numero dos. Are there any people or and brands that you'd like to give a shout out to?
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I... Okay, let me think about that. Um, Well, I've already plugged You Can. And I do, like I said, I really... Was pl- pleasantly surprised with that fueling system. Um, I'm not sponsored by them, by the way, so I can. I'm just saying this, like, as a person that used it and liked it. Um, I love my QR uh, Quintana Roo bike. Um, even though it threw me over the handlebars <laughs> that one time, don't talk about it. Uh, it. She likes to tell me that it's because I'm a crappy cyclist, but whatever. Um, that bike's amazing. Um, I ended up purchasing that bike because i'm so tall and i have really long limbs and legs and there's only a couple tt bikes on the market that can be their stack and reach and it can be ad- adjusted to actually fit what i need for my aero position um but i've just heard great things about them they're kind of like mid-tier pricing they're not you know Fifteen thousand dollars, but they're not like the cheapest TT on the on the market. So if that is in your price range, they're worth looking into. Um, Shout out to peanut butter and jelly sandwiches uh, Mm -hmm. and pizza rolls. Um, They're the best. And honestly, the thing that is like the common thread throughout most of my training, including swimming now because I swim in them, are my shoes. Um, I trail run, road run, and now swim in. Ultra lone peaks. Um, and I cannot rave enough about those shoes. I've never had a blister, never had a twisted ankle, uh cap, pulled calf, nothing in them. They're amazing. And I've done ultra marathons in them.
1: Sorry, can you say the name again of your shoe? Yeah, the
0: brand is Ultra, and okay. the type of shoe that I run in is called a lone peak. Lone peak. Ah. Again, not sponsored. This is hashtag not sponsored. Any of these.
1: <laughs> right. But you might be soon. Yeah. Ultra. <laughs> After this. This to
0: Ultra, okay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tag them. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So um, before we ask our very last question, uh, tell everybody listening where else they can find you online
0: uh where else they can find me. So you mean not
1: well, you mentioned you already mentioned your website. So that's why I was okay. yeah. Uh but you can mention it again if you want.
0: Well, yeah, the the website trailifefitness.com. Uh I think most people know me from Instagram. Honestly, you can just look up my name, Katie Godek. Uh and I have two accounts. Uh you may follow whichever you like, both or none. And that's all of those decisions are fine with me. Um, I have a couple articles online. Uh, I, I think actually, if you just Google my name, which I do sometimes to see like, what comes up? Everyone can Google <laughs> their name. Um, funny things come up. Like I wrote an article with um, Visit California last year, I think, talking about like my favorite spots to swim, bike, run in Los Angeles. Um, that's a cool article, uh, Mm -hmm. but yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not famous, famous, so that's really it. Uh, and also this podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I think you're pretty famous. You got like, you got great Instagram. You really do.
0: You're really nice. Both of you with that freaking intro and then you telling me I'm young every three seconds. I, I'm I can't this. help it.
1: <laughs> I want to be young like you. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. Well, I'm going to make the last question. This is a question that people really struggle. They suffer. They sweat. Is put them <laughs> nights without dream, without sleeping or dreaming. It, it is complicated, so no, no pressure here. And it's exactly number four, número cuatro. Katie Kodak, why do you try?
0: I try because I want to see what I can't do. Hmm. What I mean by that is, I find that I push myself to well beyond my comfort zone in almost every single race that I do. Uh, and I think I have this weird, like masochistic side of me that wants to see like what actually makes me crack. That's a teeth pun also. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um,
0: Yeah. And I think that's, I've thought about that a lot. Why do I do this? Why do I do all these things? Um, it's fun for sure. I get, I have a lot of fun, but I want to see what I'm capable of.
1: All right. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and you know what? You, you you never know, right? So you always just have to keep trying. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Awesome.
0: Also that was question number three, right?
1: Nope. That was question number four.
0: That was four. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh, I know. you guys. Uh-oh. I'm losing it. I'm not young. I'm not young.
1: I think it's because you have a race tomorrow. You're just yeah, kind of getting into game game mode, getting ready to go. Yeah,
2: Yeah, most yeah. likely. All right. So I think for so, me, I think he's, he should be fine because we have only taken 10 more minutes than our Swiss clock should allow us for.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
2: <laughs> but it's fine. I think we had a very nice conversation, very fun. I mean, we talked about everything in, in, in so, so many mm-hmm. so many topics in so little time. Uh, we could have easily done two hours here, but uh, uh, but again, this is an invitation. Again, you can come anytime you want. Absolutely. And we'll do lots of uh, uh, interesting uh, back and forths. Definitely, I can see that. So, thank you for coming, Katie. It was amazing to have you. It's an honor to have you. And uh, I don't know, just uh, good luck tomorrow. Very important.
0: Thank you. Yeah. And thanks for, for inviting me. It's a, it is an honor. You could talk to other people and I, yeah, I love talking. So this is a great platform for that.
1: <laughs> well, you're very easy to talk to and um, yeah, it, it was great to have you on. I'd love to have you on again. Cause yeah, you got a lot going on and I know you're really passionate too about uh, getting more people into sport and that that's, that's important too. And I'd love to hear more about what's going on there too. I also, I can't say to any more times. I think I've said to you so many times, <laughs> it's like <laughs> we can count them.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, yeah. Hit the dusty trail.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Hit the road, drive fast, get there safe, race fast tomorrow. Thank you. Have
2: fun. All right, listeners, thank you very much for listening to another fantastic session of Humans of Triathlon. And (laughs) uh, for this, we're just going to say goodbye to our lovely and young Katie Godek.
0: (laughs) Don't forget.
2: (laughs) And for now, peace, love, and triathlon. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for being a part of this Humans of Triathlon community. Hope you're enjoying the show and the other content. Make sure to join us again next week here on the
0: Hot Podcast, where we'll bring you another amazing guest and story from this audrey but extra audrey world of triathlon. Until then, everyone, keep trying.